As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high-flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. I don't call it the off season. I call it the non playing season. Is that what you say when people, you know, normies ask you about what you do in the off season? You say it's the not the off season, it's the non playing season? I don't correct them, but I'll call it the non playing season. Okay. I'll feel like there's the playing season. The, the NPO. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday afternoon in the heat of the non playing season. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here to talk about the latest. That's going on with the Eagles. Some uh, forward thinking as free agency starts in a week. We'll have quackatology later in the week, but today we'll be answering your questions in the quail bag as you get a bird in edgewise. Zach, how are you? Doing great. Excited for this podcast. Excited for the week ahead. Uh, this is uh, this is a big period of activity and looking forward to all the coverage. Marissa, how are you? I'm doing great as well. I'm very happy to be home. Um, although it was a great week in Indianapolis, I was there for eight, eight days. So yeah, it was a very long time. So very happy to be back in Jersey and excited for like the NFL calendar. It's crazy. All this news and free agency about to kick off. So lots to look forward to. How you're is back Michael... in Chicago, by the way, right? You're, you're back this weekend. That's okay. Yeah, I'm going to Chicago this weekend. We're going to visit some college friends and hopefully see Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. They unfortunately lost their double bye with a bad mm. loss to Penn State um, over yeah, the weekend. So, yeah, hopefully we'll, game, right? hopefully we'll get there in time to catch a game. Um, they need to stay in the tournament. So, yeah, fingers crossed on that one. But Zach, how's your basketball season going? Um, it's actually been quite some time. I, I, because, uh, I was at the combine, there was no game president's day. I was at the Super Bowl two Mondays and I had mm. a previous engagement last night oh, <laughs> that, I had to, that I tended to. So, uh, so oh, I, I, uh, I have not played in a few weeks, but eager to get back on the court, uh, next Monday. And, mm. uh, yeah, excited for that. Mistress talk two minutes into the show. 
It definitely was not mistress talk. No. Hmm. Okay. They just didn't um, like mine though. So. You care to expand? <laughs> I, I I went to hear a speaker, and no. uh, anytime you can, anytime you can get knowledge, uh, you should take it. So I enjoyed it. But what knowledge did you get from this speaker? Oh, so, I mean, we have a meeting at three thirty today. I don't have enough time to tell you all that. I mean, this is wow. this was great. The speaker was Thomas Friedman from the New York Times, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, I learned. We should have him on the show. He's a he's a he's a. Uh... I think it's hard to book, honestly. He's a coworker, right? I mean, uh, in theory, yeah. but um, but uh, yeah, no, I. It, um, you talk about how great, uh, right he was about uh, rooting great for night Putin. Happy I went. What's I? I didn't hear you. I I said did Siri, it, and it came up. Uh, okay. Did 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 the uh, his take on the Iraq War did that come up? Uh, there was Middle East politics that came up. I'm sure. sure. Um, there was a, a, a lot. I actually think you. I think you would have really enjoyed it. To be to be quite honest with you, yeah. That might be true. I think I would have enjoyed it in a, in a different way than than you did. <laughs> no, I, I I do think you would have enjoyed. It. I think there was a lot there that uh, that would open your mind, or that that would fortify some of the things you think, and 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 maybe change your opinion on some other things. So yeah, I'm sure I that's money it. that's well spent. I'm sure that's I'm sure his his speaking fee is. I, I mean, I hope that it, that's what happens for all of us. New York Times, big J journos. Oh, I, I did see if I'm if I'm allowed to share this today. We had a full company memo, and Bo was highlighted in the memo. Did you see that, Marissa? I, I did was not, not highlighted in the memo. This is not. You, you had were, a picture of you in the memo, and it's a they because I was asked to fill out a, a couple of questions, which I used to gaz you up. It was <laughs> they not like you Bo Wolf did a great experience. job. It was like Bo Wolf answered these three survey questions. <laughs> yeah, Marissa, did you see this? They no. Where they, was this? Yeah, uh, we got in a, a a company memo today. On and email it, or Slack? Yes, in email. And it highlighted the combine experience. And they wanted to hear the perspective of like the stars of the company. And so they oh, spoke to Bo. You, you, you gotta stop. Oh, <laughs> I, do yes. I do see it. I do see it. I'm not I, I'm, yeah. I'm not exaggerating this. Am I right? Person? You are exaggerating yeah. this. This is not it's not like highlighting performances or if this is just we asked some people to fill out some questions. They didn't ask Marissa or me. He did. He did name drop you, though, Zach. I, so I think that. he yeah. gets some credit for that. I appreciated that. Yeah, for sure. But no, I'm I'm saying that this is. We talk about stars of the company, Thomas Friedman and Bo Wolf, right? Yeah, well, I think we disagree about how flat the world is. <laughs> it's a free agency. That's not Ru literal, by the way. Rooting for Putin, baby. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's let's. I mean, we're talking about like an Andrew Brandt level hit rate on things he's supposed to be an expert at, but you know, that's <laughs> that's another conversation. Marissa, uh, given like the amount of screen time that Michael has gotten over the past week or so, like, are what are we dealing with ego wise? How big is his head these days? Um, I think his head's still the same size. His social battery might be very low. Um, <laughs> his social battery. <laughs> that's what he said on our flight home. Like, oh. This was a great week, but my social battery is super low. <laughs> He's like, I could probably go like two days without talking to anybody. <laughs> um, no, he really enjoyed the whole uh, combine experience and being the player mentor. Um, I went to the drills on Sunday. I sent you guys a picture. They interviewed him on the video board. Um, you couldn't hear the audio because they have no sound on in the stadium because obviously the guys are, you know, performing and they don't want to be a distraction. 
So I was hoping he said something good. He looked like he was saying some good things. So um, let's fingers crossed after, you know, his two birds with friends appearances. I hope that helps prepare him. Yeah. We butted him up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know, he had a, he had a great time too. It was, it was fun us both being out there working. Um, We're both very tired. Um, But yeah, it was a great experience all around. Fantastic. Yeah. He was working with stout. He, he did see Stoutland. Yeah. He was like, and I, I knew it was Stoutland like instantly because I could hear him. Like I said, it was pretty quiet in the stadium. Um, and I look, I was like on my phone doing different things, like watching the drills. And I was like, that's gotta be Stoutland somewhere. And I like scanned my eyes and there he was doing the one set of drills with the offensive linemen. But Michael said he was, he was very active talking to lots of different guys. And you could tell he's, you know, very respected among amongst everybody on the field. And Obviously, that's nothing new to Eagles fans. They know all this um, to begin with. But he said, yeah, it was, it was cool seeing him out there. Reggie Jackson once said about Tom Seaver, blind men come to the ballpark to listen to him pitch. And uh, you can say the same about like Jeff Stoutland. You can, if, if you attend a football practice where he's coaching, uh, you can just listen to him. It's, it's, yeah. uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty neat. I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad Michael was there. And yeah, uh, I can, if if I can uh, shout out Michael here, I I did see him out the other night, and that guy knows how to. He's the social battery. It's a big <laughs> social battery because he can he can work a room. I'm, Sando I'm, level I'm battery. Impressed. What's that? <laughs> I don't Sando know if anyone Sando level. Sando's like you know. Well, I meant his actual computer battery. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Michael's very personable, uh, and yeah, pleasure to speak with. Yeah, well, like we said, he got his um midnight fix of a uh, ice cream sundae that gave him some extra wow. I'm, i was jealous of that <laughs> you see when this is the thing it's 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 the expression that i've i've used when you win 20 in the show you know the the foot fungus is colorful otherwise it's just sloppy right when you're like a like an nfl offensive lineman you can order dessert at the bar at midnight or you can eat dessert at the yeah. bar. if if i if, <laughs> if i was sitting there eating a brownie sunday at at um at prime at midnight, i would love to see that I would, people I would, would be do that. like this is this reporter is is like a slovenly mess right so it's yeah i think that'd be a good move a conversation starter you know you get people to come over to you yeah it's like you're yeah. peacocking to some degree <laughs> Well, so Michael's agent is the one that ordered a bunch of the desserts and like people were all into, you know, the drinks, the wine and stuff. But Michael's face lit up once that brownie Sunday came to the table. He was like, this is what I'm going for. So you and I are kindred spirits. Yeah. Wait till he, well, wait till he gets that Pazuki. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Now you're talking. All right, Zach, we've got, uh, we've got some Eagles questions to get to. We've, uh, we've put out the call, the squall, if you will. Uh, and we'll get to those. But I, I want to start, Zach, with a question that, that I was thinking about last night. Um, now, I have the uh, the Eagles free agency shopping guide up on uh, The Athletic now, which which people can read. But um, I, I've just been thinking about, like, the what an interesting state the Eagles are in roster construction-wise um, as, they, as they have to turn the page from, like, last year's roster that was so loaded to uh, trying to find a way forward expecting that the defense is going to bounce back to some degree. Um, they can't re-sign all these guys. They can they can probably afford to make a few big big signings. But in the interest of like keeping the offense strong, right, if, if the defense can't be as good, you sort of need the offense to pick up more of the pace. And so knowing that the Eagles have 
Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. And let's presume that Miles Sanders does not return. If you could, my question to you, if you could add one offensive weapon to the Eagles this offseason, running back, wide receiver three, or tight end, uh, with a significant amount, like a, whether that's a whether that's a real free agency deal or something like uh, a second round pick, what position do you think the Eagles would be best suited to use? Well, given the personnel, I would say running back, um, just because they can. I, I I think that is a spot where they can upgrade, or, or or there is playing time available. There's certainly usage there. And you can get a dynamic player there. I, I think that would be beneficial. But I, for full disclosure, I have a piece coming out tomorrow, which is like a twelve-step guide to the offseason. And white and, and, and one of the items there is to upgrade the number three receiver slash number two tight end. So like the fourth pass catcher in the offense, uh, and uh, assuming they don't have two backs on the field. So I, I I think that's something that they can do. But given the options that you presented. I think that most practical would be running back. And there are, you know, dynamic running backs available, both free agency, draft, potentially trade if they wanted to go that route. Um, so I think that's 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 a spot to look. I just I think you can make a case for and against each position. Um, sure, absolutely. I think at running back, as you say, like the opportunity is there. Um, Miles Sanders is is gonna go. And so you have an opportunity for somebody who's going to touch the ball more than the other positions would be touching the ball. But the offense is also, as we've talked about ad nauseum, the most running back friendly offense in the league. Um, you know, Kenny Gainwell and a fourth round pick and, you know, some street free agent like Dearness Johnson or something like that. You're probably going to be just fine on offense. You're probably still going to have a, you know, a top five rushing attack because you have Jalen Hurts uh, and because you have the offensive line. Wide receiver uh, is a more important position. Uh, I think you could make a case that like, you know, adding a real player to uh, replace or, or overtake Quez Watkins would make more of a material difference on a like game by game basis. Um, but there are also some like personality concerns you have to think about um, just in terms of managing the, the dynamics of two guys at wide receiver who want the ball plus Dallas Goddard. Um, and then all of a sudden they're all on, on sort of a similar young timeline that could be, that could be difficult to juggle. Um, and then a tight end, it's not an important position and that's not, not as an important position, but the Eagles have no great, you know, plan B if Dallas Goddard goes yeah. down, they've been exceedingly healthy. Uh, he is 28 years old. He's not like, you know, as young as AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. It's about the time when they drafted Dallas Goddard, to begin with, uh, after Brent Selleck retired, they're already though the best offense in the league in twelve personnel without you know with just having Jack Stoll and, and Grant Calcaterra. So it's not like that's going to make a huge difference, uh, or would make a huge difference immediately. I I sort of think like my my instinct is to say receiver, but I wouldn't I wouldn't use like a first round pick. However, I think the real um, like complicating factor here and the thing that I that I think the Eagles are going to be keeping in mind is you're signing Jalen Hurts to a long-term extension this offseason. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to be now more conscious about sort of protecting him long-term. And I don't mean like, you know, protecting him, protecting him, but what are the ways that you can take a little bit off his plate 
Um, what, you know, in the short yardage running game, like, do you really need him to be running 15 times a game? And I know that some of those are quarterback sneaks and that's fine. But in, in terms of like, this is a guy who has been injured each of the last two seasons down the stretch. How can you maybe take a little bit off of his plate? I think maybe running back is the answer. Um, but it, it's still, it's still all a, a value proposition. I don't, I don't, I don't have a great answer. I've just, I've been thinking about it and I'm, I'm sure that this is a question that they're batting around in in their front office. So some, some uh, numbers here. Okay. Uh, if you look at the number three wide receiver slash number two, tight end, the Eagles targeted Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, Jack Stoll and ground and, and Grant Calcaterra 86 times last season. Okay. That, that foursome had 64 catches for 708 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, and so if you're looking at like yards per target, you're at about like eight, eight or so, eight and change. Um, the production was fine, but it can be better. And Sirianni defended that group last last week with the prime, or he defended the number three receivers once framed him that way with the premise being that they're not getting the volume. Like, of course, Quez Watkins' production is down. But that's not up for debate here. The, the, the debate is, can you get more production when the ball does come his way, right? And the stress you can put on a defense. Quez didn't do that. So I... Do agree with you there. I think that that um, you know when you look at the way the Eagles use their running backs in the postseason, for instance. I mean, Miles Sanders took fewer snaps in the Super Bowl than Kenny Gainwell did. I think that over the course that, of the entire playoffs, it wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah. So I I think the Eagles can upgrade um, at, at at running back. They can find a a, a a a good option in terms of the price and. Just in, in terms of the depth of this group, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network has 13 running backs with grades in the first three rounds. So what he would consider starting caliber running backs, 13. That is that is high. Um, Dane Brugler has 10 in his top 100. Okay, this was the top 100 that came out of Valentine's Day. So I, I don't know what, what it would be like post-combine. But there are running backs we can talk about in the third round, for instance, that are intriguing players. And then the op the conversation that is going to be carried off uh, or, or I should say carried out for these next few weeks, because Dane Brugler, a respected draft analyst who, who is plugged in, not just in terms of the prospects, but in terms of the league in his mock draft that came out today, he has the Eagles trading back from 10 to what? 14, 14. Uh, 14 yeah. yeah. And taking, and taking Bijan Robinson. Um, so this is a, I, I'm still skeptical that the Eagles would do it in the top half of the draft. I don't see that occurring. Um, certainly not at, at 10. I don't see it happening in the teens. I think it could be a conversation to be had at 30 with, you know, Gibbs perhaps, but I, I don't think I, it's off the table at 30. Yeah, I, yeah. It would surprise me if it was 14. It's yeah. And, I mean, and that's no got a tough job. To he's got to, he's, he's, he's got to, you know, get guys in the right spot yes. just as much as he has to fit players. Yes. Teams. Um, but I, I, I do think there, you know, as, as we get closer to the draft, we can have a pod devoted to some of these second or third round backs. Like I, I see in the chat here, Ezio saying Tajay Spears, Tajay Spears is awesome to watch. Um, you know, Corey Katz says, H um, you know, the Texas A&M back, David, a, a Devin HN who is he's he's really fast. He's on the smaller side. Um, you know, there are there are you know Zach Evans 
from Ole Miss. It, it, you know, there's some stuff you need to figure out non-playing in terms of health and and whatnot. But he looks like a starting running back when you watch him play. Um, the the running back from Pitt in production alone, you can't ignore him. Um, there's some really good players. The Minnesota running back, I see Danger saying it. Bo is not going to be on board. I think he's like 24 years old. Um, but, it doesn't uh, matter as much for yeah. running backs, okay. I think, because you're only getting one contract from those guys anyway. But yeah, I mean, you got to factor it into the production. Yeah. So, uh, so there's, um, there are, there are a lot of, um, intriguing backs that, that, that we can discuss as we get closer here. Hmm. Okay. You don't think that was an, as interesting as I thought it was? The, I thought what it was a, we, we, oh. we spent 10 minutes on it. Okay. What made you think I didn't find it interesting? I don't know your general aura. <laughs> wow, I thought he was interested. <laughs> okay. The chat yeah. thought it was a good question. I guess I'm like from a um, from a uh, what's going to keep opposing defensive coordinators up later at night because you know those guys are grinding. I don't know. I, maybe it maybe it is the wide receiver uh, because how do you cover all those guys? If you can still if you can still run effectively with you know a fourth round running back or whatever, but I do think that there's like a um, there is an upside to having a, a really you know premium running back. I don't. It's I think that person has to be a, a real factor in the running game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I, in, the pa- I, in the passing game rather. Sorry. No, I was just going to say there was a comment in the chat. Um, the offensive player that they're hoping the Eagles pursue the most is a. a quality uh, backup quarterback, which I thought was interesting. Well, that's the other thing that I think is really interesting. Um, and I did write about that as well today. But what, what how do you feel about backup quarterbacks, Zach? Do you think how they're going to find a do you think they're going to pay for a like a good veteran backup? Or do you think they're going to try to have to settle for a, uh, a lower level, like two million dollar kind of guy? Yeah, I, th- I think maybe somewhere in between. I don't think they're going to pay what they paid for were Nick Foles in 2017. Um, but I don't think they're going to go into it with a player on a minimum deal. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I thought I liked your column today because there are intriguing options there. And I, I don't know what, options. I don't know what the market's going to be. Um, do you find a player who is resigned for lack of a better term to being a backup? If, if if there are, are guys who are, are looking to be bridge quarterbacks or compete for jobs, Philadelphia is obviously not the place to come. But if you're looking for a place that could be a good opportunity to be a backup quarterback, you'll get paid decently. You're in a system where the quarterback has been banged up before, right? And it's conducive for success. I think this would be an appealing opportunity. Um, so it's, it's uh, I don't know, you know, uh, the... The cover art for your story today was Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota would make a lot of sense. And I think after Atlanta last year, his starting days are presumably behind him. Uh, that would be the guy you who get to I would keep, You get to keep the, the running back yep. or the quarterback run part of the offense if Jalen Hurts goes down. He has uh, experience with Alex Tanney and Kevin Petulo and Jason Michaels. So there's some, some uh, inside knowledge there from his time. With Tennessee, I think, yeah, that's the kind of swing the Eagles could take. It's it's also uh, there's going to be some part of Howie Roseman's brain where he thinks to himself, if I can get Marcus Mariota, boy, is that going to make Chip Kelly angry for like 35 <laughs> minutes? Um, and he's going to really love that. Um, 
So that's that's a factor. <laughs> I think that I you know I I do think that Gardner Minshew could absolutely return. We you know we talked about it in the last episode. I think that's possible. Um, but there are lots of options. So what I'm really rooting for is let's bring let's bring Matt Ryan home so I can finally write the oral history of his at bat against Zach Berman. Or I don't know Zach if there Berman's was ever at an at bat. I don't know if there was ever an at bat. I mean, there were there were three games against him, but I. I don't, you know, when I was looking at the box score, I can't imagine I'd be in a box game score. That, that that tight, or not box score, not the box, uh, not the box score rather. When I was looking at the write up from the game that day, mm. uh, Matt Ryan was pitching late in a close game, but I do, I vividly remember batting against his team. Um, mm. so I, yeah, so I am curious, but yeah, I I don't want to say that I I. Uh, Needless to say, though, that's what, yeah. we're, that's what we're rooting for. <laughs> I always enjoy a, a good homecoming story. We know you do. My teammates could 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 uh, give you some 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 good anecdotes from back in the day. I would like that. That's what that's yeah. what I want to write. We won an awful lot, so there's there's, there's a lot of winning. Hmm. All right, uh, let's take a break. Our first of two, and then we'll come back with your questions on the other side here on Birds with Friends. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bo, Zach, and Marissa back on Birds with Friends. Time to uh, give you a chance to get a bird in edgewise. As we dip into the quail bag, we'll start, Zach, with a question from Little Jakesy. How is ZB's fantasy basketball season going? <laughs> Tough, yeah. tough, yeah, tough year. Um, the kind of, are we talking about like a clear house situation? Like, are you are you the Dougie P here? I would compare it to the 2010 Eagles or 2011 Eagles dream team. Yes, I had a wow. really good roster going into the year. Or and- sorry, so you thought. There were injuries. We have a a league where there's no IR, right? And so I carried some players for a a little too long. During the playoff stretch, I had a few days. I'm sorry, not the the Eagles playoff stretch, rather. Mm. I had a few days there where I didn't set my lineup. Oh, no. um, And had some untimely losses. Dropped from second place to seventh place over the course of the playoff run. Needed to get to sixth place to get into the playoffs. Thought I could make a late run and did not um, had a what tough a loss collapse. last week. Finally, uh, I I sold. Ironically, I sold John Moran. decision. <laughs> 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 uh, to uh, <laughs> this was pre what happened with John Moran um, to 
clear some caps or to open. What'd you get? To, what'd you get back? I got cap space for next year. Mm. I, I, you can buy money basically. You can, you can sell a player for for cap space, mm. and I've got cap space, so it allows me to protect uh, Luca and Sabonis next year, which is which is a good. <laughs> which is good. I don't know. I'm going too deep into. I this. feel like that's more. Like, this is more like 2015 Eagles, where the, it, things started well and then they okay. collapsed down the stretch. And didn't yeah, make, sorry, and didn't that make could the be playoffs. it too. That could, yeah, okay, that 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 could be it too. But yeah, and bad coaching in the month. Marissa, of January. Are you hearing an echo? No. Is that just me? Are you Zach? No, okay. no I'm not hearing an echo. Uh, okay. Bad coaching in the month of January by me. Bad uh, managing, and uh, but Gonzo's team's loaded, and I, I think Gonzo's going to win. So, all right, next question, Zach, from Nick, uh, not Nick Berman. Um, <laughs> What is your craziest news slash story you have covered on the beat? For example, the weird report Dan Orlovsky got offered a job with the Eagles but turned it down. I don't remember that, but I do remember that. Um, Flex. So, all right. So, so when this came over our Twitter, I didn't read the on the beat part. I was just thinking in my career. Well, that counts. We okay. were on different beats. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the craziest story I've covered in my career, and it was a sad one, was in 2010 at the University of Virginia. There was a murder uh, of a, a men's lacrosse player, murdered a women's lacrosse player, and uh, I was covering that. And yeah, that 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 was the, um, I mean, saddest, craziest story I I have covered in in uh, in my time as a reporter. As the podcast grinds to a halt. <laughs> I'm answering the question, right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I was going to say Riley Cooper, so. Okay, yeah, that, that was mean, bad. It's not, they, these are not feel-good stories. No. What's yours, Bo? Riley Cooper, probably. Oh. Although I actually think, like, the, the the initial signing of Michael Vick is a very, mm -hmm. like, that was, I mean, that was the entire sports world uh, grinding to a halt to watch to watch that, so. And then I, I would imagine for you to, in the spirit of the question, which, you know, they gave the Orlovsky example, mm. I imagine the Juan Castillo hire was, was, was probably up there for you. The Juan Castillo hire. I, yes. I, I remember both twice being, being uh, pulled into an office to be told of news that was going to break and thinking that the person was either messing with me or lying. Um, the Juan Castillo one, I mean, what is going on? And even the person who delivered that message was like, yeah, this is uh, not going to go over well. And then the other one was uh, the the Foles-Bradford trade. When we were told that, uh, I remember like very rudely uh, mansplaining to my boss that she must have gotten the terms mixed up. Like <laughs> the Eagles must be the team getting the second round pick, not giving the second round pick. This doesn't make any sense. She was right. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I would say on on the Eagles, certainly chipping fired. Uh, and it was the day after the day of when when he said that he's not the GM. Uh, and he was like defiant about it in a press conference. The Foles trade was up there. DeMarco Murray signing um, was was certainly up there. The downfall of Carson was up there. Howie. Um, Howie moving over there. Uh, but I, I, I here, this is actually what I, I will say here in terms of the craziest, like non-tragic one. 
the White House disinvitation mm. was uh, was a trip to cover, <laughs> like a trip in the sense that like it was such an odd event, and there were so many people who were not interested in your daily Eagles coverage who are now all of a sudden interested in in a uh, the team I, whether the invitation was rescinded or, or they just didn't go. You know that that was a uh, a crazy. Uh, crazy few days to cover. And I had to go down and cover the like ceremony at the White House, if you mm. will, without the Eagles there. <laughs> um, that, that, and it was kind of like, what's, you got to exactly? meet one of your heroes. <laughs> um, I wish people could see the audio listeners could see the look Zach just gave Bo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that was an odd one to cover. And then when LaShawn was traded, um, Chip Kelly was actually speaking that night at the mm. Cherry Hill JCC. Mm. And, uh, I was, I was, uh, I had to cover that just to hear Chip speak. I believe and... I was at devil's den. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. Nice. A nice March night. <laughs> yeah. Kiko. That wasn't like that was one where like it sort of made sense at the time. And and then they went and spent the money on DeMarco Murray. And you're like, okay, this guy's got no idea what's going on. Um, all right. Uh question for the group from Ari Fishbane. Pecknest migrate, the ability to build a computer, owning a large shoe collection. And someone buying you Bojangles after every game you cover. <laughs> uh, okay, so I would uh, uh, migrate the Bojangles. That's that's an Me unhealthy too. existence there. Um, I would. Plus, you could just yeah. I mean, you know, you're like in terms of like the 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 monger value that you're getting off of that. Like you could just buy a Bojangles for yourself if you want it. I would. Uh, I would peck. The shoe collection, that's, that's nice to have. I, yeah, I don't know I don't how you peck a shoe collection, having a large shoe collection, though. I don't need a great because shoe Because I collection. feel like it's cool to have for maybe like a little bit, but like no yeah. one wants to store like hundreds of shoes for the But what like, what, what does that what does that tangibly mean? If you're pecking having a large shoe collection, what does that mean? You get it for one week or you have yeah. like one really nice pair of shoes? What What is peck in this context? I'd say you had it for a little bit of time. Maybe yeah. like... Okay, you get it. You get a year. You get a year yeah. with a really nice shoe collection. Yes. And then, yes. then they just disappear. They vanish into thin air. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, I would, I would definitely migrate the building of computers because I imagine there's, there's residual benefits to that. If, if, if you have the, the, uh, the mental wherewithal to build a computer, then I would hope that you can translate that in other avenues in your life as well. Yeah, like there's a part of me that wants to uh, wants to nest the shoes because you know there's some there's some uh, monetary value there you could get and you could sell those bad boys. I don't know that I'm like I, I would I'm the kind of person who would probably be paralyzed by choice of like what to wear. Uh, <laughs> are you a big like in your closet each morning? Are you going through what do I wear X Y Z? Not like that. It's just okay. like oh man, what am I gonna wear today? Oh god, <laughs> what am I gonna put on this? Pretty. How am I going to put some lipstick on this pig? Uh, but I think I, I think the the pecking was all over the company website. Come on, the pecking of the computer makes sense because, like, I don't know that I'm going to build multiple computers. Ain't nobody got time for that, except Bill Gates, right? That's 
Steve Jobs. Or Josh Sweat. Because I think I understand. I I understood the reference. Yeah. But, but, but when you said no one's got time to build computers, I mean that's that's literally yeah, those guys how... didn't do that when they had families. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I guess I'll, I guess I'll, uh, I guess I'll, I'll nest the shoes. How about you, Marissa? I would do it how Zach did. Okay. I would, I would peck the shoes, nest the computer. All right. From Rohan, divide your turkeys for responsibility for the defensive failure in the Super Bowl between Jonathan Gannon slash the scheme, the, uh, execution from the players on the field. That's two. The turf issues and the Chiefs' performance slash scheme. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go. It's a good question. Five turkeys on the players' execution. Because when you rewatch the game, there really is not a ton of like guys missing plays. I mean, it should be more than that. It should be it should be 15 on the players. Um, I'm going to put 15. I'm going to put 10 on the turf because both, you know, I think there's like a there's a question about whether they, they were prepared for that or not. But it shouldn't it shouldn't have mattered quite as much as it did. I'm going to put. So what's that? 15, 10. I'm going to put, um, let's say, 35 on Gannon and 40 on the Chiefs. Okay. So we actually have some. So I, I have 40 on the Chiefs as well. I, I think that was the biggest factor. I have 10 on the turf too. I do think that was a, a factor more so than on the Eagles than for the Chiefs, but both teams were playing on that turf. Um, and then I, I split these 25 and 25. Gannon was, he had a bad coaching day that, that day. He cannot be absolved. Uh, but I'm the one who always says on here, it's a player's game, right? Good and bad. When a player performs well, the player's performing well, not the coach. And when the player struggles, the player's struggling. Like I, it's it's a player's game ultimately. The coaches are responsible for the scheme and and you know the preparation, but the but the players need to play. And so uh where I, I would disagree with you is is like, yeah, the players weren't out of position, let's say, or but Players need to make plays, right? Players need to make plays. Yeah, but it's not the, just – you can't just say players need to make plays and, like, just go out and make plays. Like, they have to be put in position to make plays, right? Like, I think I think we could say that the defensive line, whether it's the turf or not, you would we would have expected them to perform better. That's not on Gannon, right? But the back seven, I mean, they were either put in terrible positions or they were put in no positions at all. They were completely pantsed by, by the offensive scheming. So – um, I would definitely, yeah. I would not make it 50, 50. Okay. I mean, I think every time a pass is thrown, the ball's in the air to try to get deflection, try to get, you know, I mean, there's, there's a, a number of things that, that could occur there. They, right, but it's uh, not just, uh, again, can't, it's not just easy as that. Like say, yeah. go out and make a play. Like well, if literally, they're, if they're, if they're, if they're players designing are on the a play that puts plays. you in a spot where you literally can't make a play, like you have no, there is no good option for you to make. Or your TJ Edwards one on one with Travis Kelsey in the open field, and that's the assignment that's being given to you. It's not really TJ Edwards' fault if Travis Kelsey whips him. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm literally saying he's he's on the field covering it. You're responsible for making a play. That's why I'm saying it's half. You know, the, the assign, I'm, I'm not saying 
It's all on the players because the assignment, the, the coaching was bad that day. The, the scheme was was bad. But I think I in, in wins and losses, I point to the players first because the players are out there. If you're touching the ball or you're defending the ball, you're on the field. You, you need to make plays. I actually think players oftentimes agree with me on that, right, that it's a, it's a player's game. Yeah, I think I, coaches get too much credit and, and too much blame. I, I think that that the players are on the field. I, I generally agree with that, but I think it's not a it's not a blanket truth. I think in this game in particular, if we're talking about like them performing under their baseline level of performance, I think it's okay to say mm-hmm. that one person was more at fault. Mm-hmm. But okay. Uh from Simon Zach. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Are you mad at me? No. <laughs> no. I'm doing the show here. I'm sorry I made fun of Thomas Friedman. <laughs> you poked that bear. You're the one who sent me the ticket picture yesterday. I don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to do a show. I'm I'm doing this show. I'm 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 staying on topic. I'm not um yeah, I'm doing the show here. Okay. Marissa, am, am I, is... I? I think if you asked him that earlier in the show, the answer might be different, but I think I think he's moved on from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Simon's question was actually, yeah, just are you mad at me? Uh, no, the question no, no. from Simon. The answer is no, not at all, emphatically, no. Uh, NFC, any NFC teams, Zach, as you survey the landscape of the conference, who you see as likely to join... Uh, the Eagles, Cowboys, and Niners, he says, as formidable contenders. He throws Atlanta, if they get Lamar Jackson, oh, well, uh, yeah. as a possibility. Uh, so here, let me just look at this here. Um, yeah, if you get Lamar Jackson, you're a contender overnight, uh, in my opinion. Um, so let's run through it real quick. Arizona, drawing dead, no shot. No. Rams. Yeah, there's always a shot with the Rams. I I think there's a shot, but uh, like I would not be surprised if the Rams won the division next season, even if they're getting Mm -hmm. rid of almost everybody. If as long Mm -hmm. as they've still got Donald and Cup and Stafford, I think Mm -hmm. I think there could be some uh, positive regression coming there. Seattle, not as high on Seattle. Um, Yeah, not as I I don't I don't love that Geno contract. Really, really. I think the Geno contract is fine. Uh, I mean, it's they're able to get out of it after two years. Yeah. They could still draft a quarterback early if they want to. It's not a crazy amount of money for the position. And what I like about that, I mean, they had one of the two best draft classes in the league last year. They've got a very yeah. good ascending group uh, of young players. I think I think they could be interesting. But so I would like it if if they spent you know one of their two first rounders on a quarterback. Um, and then Gino's your bridge. I'm I'm okay with that. I, I suppose. I just don't know if, if you're gonna go any farther with Gino than than how far you've gone so far. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, but I, I it's not also prohibitive of them drafting a quarterback. Sure, we'll exactly. That's true as well. Yep. Uh, how do you feel about the state of the Niners after they I won mean, the imaginary NFC title? Niners are absolutely loaded. They are absolutely loaded. They got a full year with Christian McCaffrey. The quarterback situation. I imagine they're they're going to roll with Purdy. I I was high on Lance going into last year. I 
if if Lance is available, I think a team should go after him. Um, I think there could be a discounted rate there, but I don't know if he'll be available or not. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very high on the 49ers. Are you not? not? It will not surprise you at all that I'm I'm not that high on the Niners. I think there's some regression coming for them. They got a lot of turnover luck. They're getting a new defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes is very good, mm-hmm. um, but but there's some regression coming there. Um, I don't think that like there's any guarantee that uh, you get a you get a healthy Christian McCaffrey for a second year. They don't have a healthy quarterback at the moment. I think they might. I think they might be an eight and nine team next year. Hmm. Just early thoughts. It's gonna be. What's the game we play where we all pick teams? That is the uh, spread your wins and fly. Okay. Draft, of course, which I won this year. <laughs> uh, NFC South. I think we can gloss over the whole thing. Are you worried at all about the Saints with Derek Carr quarterback? No. Okay. But if one but, of the, yeah, but, if, if but one the of Falcons, teams, they, yeah, the Falcons got Lamar. Sure. Uh, Minnesota. Are you worried at all about the paper tigers of Minnesota? <laughs> Not so much. No. I, I think they are what they are. I think they're going to be a competitive team. I don't know if they're a major contender. Green Bay. We assume that Aaron Rodgers leaves. Yeah, yeah. I look. I I think Green Bay's got talent. Um, Jordan Love is entering. Jordan Love was drafted the same year as Hurts, right? Uh, so Love Hurts. He uh, there's there hasn't been. We haven't really seen it on the field, but. I think they have talent on both sides of the ball. I'm assuming they're going to get a good draft pick compensation for Rogers. Rodgers. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a well-coached team. So I think that, I think the Packers can be decent. I think the Lions are on my radar. Okay, um, I know I that they're that. going to be a popular team mm-hmm. uh, to be predicted to go to the playoffs, but uh, they were very good on offense last year, and it seems like they have like some sustainable pieces there. You get a healthy Jamison Williams. Uh, the defense also has pieces um, and they've got a lot of draft capital this year. Like, I don't know that I believe that uh, there's like, you know, steady stewardship uh, for a full season for them. But I, I think, I think if someone is going to have like a really good regular season and pot and like jump up to like 12 wins, I could see, I could see Detroit doing that. And then the other two <laughs> teams could. and the other two teams in the division giants and commanders, I would say uh, no. But what do you, you think happens with the giants before the deadline? Mm. Okay, the deadline. You think they tag Daniel Jones? Yes, I think they tag Daniel Jones. So they don't come to an agreement. So what what happens with Saquon? It's the market and signs for Chicago. Ooh. Wow, Zach's got it all figured out. Okay. What do you think, Bo? Well, it's it's almost too late, right? What what is the deadline? Four? Four. Yeah. So we got an hour and four minutes. I know, but mm-hmm. people listening to this yeah. would like to see in hindsight what you guys I get I mean, well, just because it's so close, I guess I'll I'll predict that they also tag Daniel Jones, but uh I think they should I don't know. I think they should let Daniel Jones go and tag Saquon. Mm. Okay. Yeah, like the the running back tag value, I saw this so, with the Yeah, Raiders. exactly. That's a fine. I mean, if you pay one year ten million dollars, right? Take it. Uh, if if you're the Giants, <laughs> who's signing Daniel Jones to to more money than that? Right? Is like is is Carolina or Tampa Bay or is is someone giving him this this forty million dollar contract? I don't know. I, that's that's one of those I agree things. With you. Yeah, I agree with you. And he stinks. So, but. 
you know, that's that's their choice. All right, let's take uh, our second break. We'll come back and uh, answer some more questions. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on Bros with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Zach, we have some uh, some sort of like nominal news that we uh, have not talked about just yet on the coaching mm-hmm. front. Should we should we send it to the Stone Cold Newsman? Would you like would you like to hit it up? Sure. Denard Wilson left the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, whether it was his decision or whether it was the Eagles' decision, that could be up for debate here. My, I was told it was a, a mutual parting. Basically, uh, Denard Wilson did not get the defense coordinator job, which he was up for. Bo Wolf asked the astute question at the Combine last week, is Denard Wilson going to be on your staff? And Nick Sirianni did not commit to it. So it was fairly ominous then. It seemed like the writing was on the wall. And the and as it turned out, Denard Wilson had a good place to go. Denard Wilson hired today by the Baltimore Ravens to be their defensive backs coach. Uh, Wilson, of course, is a Maryland native. Mm. He's more closer to the D.C. area, but gets to go back near his hometown into a really good secondary. And it leaves the Eagles now reconfiguring most of their defensive staff. They have a new coordinator, as we know, Sean Desai. They're going to have a new linebackers coach and a new defensive backs coach. Uh, So a lot of changes on the Eagles' defense just on the sideline. There's going to be changes on the field too. But Denard Wilson, very well regarded by his players, and the production was there across the board. Darius Slay and James Bradbury under Wilson rebounded to Pro Bowl players from the way they were before in the year before they worked with Wilson. Uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson moved from, from uh, slot to safety, had a productive season for the Eagles. Marcus Epps became a starter under Wilson. Avante Maddox had the most productive or the, the top, the, the top performing um, seasons of his career under Wilson. He, he managed uh, some big personalities there and saw production from it. So big loss for the Eagles, but certainly understandable. Uh, this is not the first time that someone's been passed over for a job and went elsewhere. You saw it with Deuce Staley, for instance. Uh, he left to go to Detroit. Now he's in Carolina. But uh, curious to see how the Eagles fill out their staff from there. Back to you in the studio, Bo. And Zach, what do you make of this report that there is some interest in bringing in Matt Patricia as the <laughs> linebackers coach? Well, I'd be curious what Darius Slay would say about that. I, I just mean, can't see it happening because of that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I I hear what you're saying. I think that uh, it, I I can see the Eagles wanting to get experience on the defensive side of the ball, and Patricia is a a former head coach, former coordinator. But it, from a personality perspective, unless he comes in and is like, "I was wrong. I screwed up. I should have. You know, I should have handled it." I mean, the degree like, to which to which Slay hates yes. Matt Patricia it's it's hard to overstate it's like you yeah. meet him for the first time you're like hi my name is Bo Wolf he says hi my name is Slay I hope Matt Patricia gets <laughs> run over by a bus it's like one of the very first things he'll yeah. tell you 
Um, and I've, I've heard this argument, well, he wouldn't be coaching Slay. You're in the building, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, that doesn't add up. So there would be. And Slay, by the way, Slay's, you know, Slay's not like um, a down the depth chart player who you right. have to account for here. He's, nor is he's the he captain like, of the team. Right. Yeah. And nor is he like a guy who's going to be quiet. Sure. About exactly. The way he feels about things. Yeah. I find it. And, and he's also not going anywhere. Like yeah. Eagles have to restructure his contract to create cap space. He's going to be here. Yeah. Uh, I find it impossible to believe that whatever delta there might be between Matt Patricia as a linebackers coach and the next best available linebackers coach would be worth the headache of dealing with that on a on a day to day basis. Yeah, I just like if- I cannot fathom that. I also don't think that Matt Patricia, from what I know about him, is the kind of coach who's going to jibe with the way that Nick Sirianni wants to run, like wants his coaches to coach. I don't know. I can't answer that well enough. I I don't know. I no. I I know. I should have a take here. I've I, I've actually heard that Patricia is like is a <laughs> when he's not coaching <laughs> is is like an interesting guy. Is uh you know has a sense of humor. But uh, wow. Yeah. From a from he's he's uh he had a bad reputation in Detroit. I mean, Darius Slay is not the only one who has said something like that either. <laughs> right. So. Uh, curious about that. Uh, I, I need to think that there's other veteran linebackers coaches who would not butt heads. Yeah, with, they might be better with off with your, not, no coach at all. Yeah. With, uh, with, with one of your captains. So, so oh, the Ravens so place the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Yes. ESPN. Okay. Kimberly Martin had that first. Uh, so so that's at 32 million. The, the non-exclusive. Okay. And that means if that, if a, if a team signs him and they don't match, they get two first round picks in return. Yep. Okay. And if a team signs them, they can match it. So right. it's it's basically go get your deal. And right. yeah. So. Okay. Uh, next up, Zach. From Jim. If you wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, do you sit down or stand up to go? <laughs> so I, I saw this come across my timeline. I've I've never sat down for like a, a non number. Too, never right? no never oh you're not I, living <laughs> really is this is this a thing a, a, am i am i off here zach you should try it tonight it's so much easier i mean i mean middle of the night what are you, 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 sit, you are you, you spraying all over down? the place <laughs> Who needs, i mean it's nice to have a little rest sometimes i turn on the light i mean i, I <laughs> you, you turn on you, the light yes and then you get back to sleep you're messing with your eyes. I, Michael I, takes I, his phone and uses his flashlight on mm, his phone. Okay. I, I he should be sitting down. Let me just say with his, um, in the middle of the night. <laughs> um. uh, there, there's, this, there's this thing that you get told as like a kid that it's, that it's like, uh, it's like emasculating to sit down and pee. Yes. It's totally fine. <laughs> let's, let's, I didn't know this was a thing. Let's bro. be comfortable with ourselves here. No, I've, I've, I can say I've never, I've never done that. Never in your life have you sat down to pee. Well, probably when I was getting potty trained, right? When I was a kid, okay. I imagine. We need the but, chat to weigh in here. So yeah, no, thing. not since then have I ever sat down with the intent purposes of, of peeing. No. Wow. You're missing out. Yeah. No wonder you can't sleep. People are dying that I just said that about Michael. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm honest. I'm very truthful here on Birds with Brent. Because you should be. All right. Next up uh, from Austin, Zach. Do you think that the front office and coaching staff is confident in Jordan Davis being able to take a much bigger role next season? And do they think there is pass rush potential along with the run stopping? Well, A, they're going to have to be. Right, they traded up and drafted this guy number twelve, not to be a, a run stopper, but but to be a complete defensive tackle. And yeah, I, I do think there's optimism there. Uh, this first year did not go the way it was planned from a production standpoint. Yeah, there was an injury there. They add Joseph, but I think the tools are there. I think the opportunities there. Uh, I do. I I don't think that this is an organization that is not optimistic about Jordan Davis developing. Do you? Uh, I don't know. And I don't know that they should be. I mean, uh, he was incredibly unproductive <laughs> as a pass rusher when he was asked to rush the passer last year. He had no quarterback hits in the, in the regular season. He had one in the playoffs. There are, there are some reasons to explain that, just like there were some reasons to explain why he had no pass rush production in college. Uh, you know, he's rotating a lot. Uh, that's not what he's asked to do. Um, you know, we, he's got these athletic tools in his body. Well, he played for four years in college and was not a productive pass rusher. So I think if they're like full eyes open on this, they cannot rely on him to be a, a dominant pass rusher. Um, and they're also going to need him to still fill the role that they drafted him to do, uh, to play on first and second down. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going through the, the shopping guide for the defense and I was looking at, you know, the, the pass rushing snaps that the Eagles got from interior defensive linemen last year. Obviously, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are both free agents. 69% nice of the Eagles interior defensive line pass rushing snaps last year are, are scheduled for free agency, need to be replaced. So mm-hmm. even if you think, even if you think Milton Williams is ready to step in and be a number one defensive tackle, I think that's fine. Um you know, he can replace Fletcher Cox. And you think that Jordan Davis is going to take uh, more of a role here. They still need somebody and not just like a, um, you know, Hassan Ridgeway level player to sign. They, they need a guy at defensive tackle this offseason. Um, and I don't know that you can rely on that definitely coming in the draft, which is why I think if the Eagles are going to sign a real, like, high level free agent from outside the team. I think defensive tackle is a real possibility. Um, I think you could, you know, it could be corner and it could be safety, but I think a guy like uh, whether it's Draymond Jones or, or Zach Allen, who's been very productive. I think those guys would make sense for the Eagles to uh, import somebody who's in the prime of their career and, and can be leaned on to be a real factor in the defense. I think they would sooner keep Javon Hargrave. I don't know what Hargrave's going to make. That's obviously the complicating factor, but I think that will be their top priority in free agency. Um, we should say too, because go find the next Javon Hargrave. Okay, he's thirty, right? Like, I mean, he's Javon Hargrave is awesome, mm-hmm. but if you can sign a guy who's like a little bit worse, but you're going to have for longer and in the prime of their career, isn't that worth it? Well, not necessarily, because if the premise of this conversation is that you don't know yet on Jordan Davis, then Javon Hargrave is the exact type of player that you want. Somebody who who you know can can fill that role, can rush the quarterback from the interior, can give you two good years on a contract, and then 
I would imagine after year three of Jordan Davis, that answer will come. Um, so if, if there's a deal that can be structured where the guaranteed money comes in those first two years and then you can get out of it af af after a year or two, that's, that's the type of contract that you go after with, with Javon Hargrave. Now I think Hargrave is going to have a big market. Um, but I think that's something that's a position that the Eagles have shown time and time again, that they're willing to pay. I hear your point about finding the next Javon Hargrave, but I would do that if I had more assurances among your interior, you know, the, the Eagles need to go into the season with confidence that they have a pass rush from the interior. If Javon Hargrave is on the roster, I think you're confident that you have pass rush from the interior. You don't know that if you, I mean, Draymond Jones has been fine, but uh, Zach Allen brings that, I think. Okay. Okay. He was more productive last year than, than Javon Hargrave from a quarterback hit standpoint. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not from a sack perspective, but sure. Okay. I don't know. I, maybe you know. Maybe he gets. Maybe he gets. He has just as high of a market. Mm -hmm. But if you're paying about the same per year, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that they need to be attached to these guys. I mean, Javon Hargrave is is awesome. But is that the like? Is is and this relates to another question that we have, and I and I don't have the name in front of me. But the the lessons. Actually, hold on. What are what are the lessons that you think? Howie Roseman uh, needed to learn from the 2000, the post-2017 roster construction that he needs to apply to this year's offseason. That is from Justin. Um, and I think one of those things is you don't have to be attached to your guys. Yes. I think that the – I think the lesson – I suppose it's, it's, it's related to that, but that you're always building the roster. You're, you're not trying to load up for a window. What you're doing is you're always building. You're treating every year as if you're just trying, you know, you're, the discipline that it took to build a winning roster is the discipline that it takes to maintain a winning roster from my perspective, okay? And so that could be signing the 26-year-old as opposed to the 30-year-old. But, but if, if you have Jordan Davis and Milton Williams, and, and you think this is going to be a good combination going forward, but you want assurances in the in this two-year window that you can have pass rush production. I mean, Javon Hargrave is the best interior pass rusher. I don't think there's any – I don't have any qualms of signing the best interior pass rusher in free agency if you just view it like that. I don't think that's being attached to your players. I think that's – that's simply prioritizing a premium position. So Javon Hargrave in uh, over the last two years uh, has hit the quarterback on 3.9% of his pass rush snaps, according to True Media. 3.9% in 2022 and 3.9% in 2021. Incredibly steady. Mm -hmm. Zach Allen, now that was in 859 snaps, so it's a, mm -hmm. a huge sample. Zach Allen played 778 snaps, so pretty close, not quite as much. He has hit the quarterback 4.4% of the time, which is uh, more than Hargrave and the highest of all the free agent uh, defensive tackles in this class. 5.0% of the time in 2022, 3.8% of the time in 2021. So he took a bit of a, of a step up this year, but was just at Hargrave's level the year before. He had probably you know, slightly fewer uh, run responsibilities, maybe. But like 
and and this is this is all about you know what the what the contracts end up being what's the valuation um you know you, you have to evaluate those uh possible deals separately but he's 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 just as productive and is four years younger i don't know good point what kind of deal would you be getting you think i don't know i don't i don't i don't have those um downloaded into my brain like like uh shilkapadia does and he can just you know point to the 14 million a year or whatever but i would imagine that it's about the same you know per year value and it's you know an extra year of guarantee right it's a, it's a three-year guarantee instead of a two-year guarantee mm -hmm. probably and i don't know call it 15 million 16 million a year and there is some scheme projection there yeah right yeah. now that's and that and that's but there was all... scheme projection with Javon three years ago well that's, that's the thing point. is that Javon hargrave was not a was not a decorated pass rusher when the eagles signed him yep, you're right um they projected that and so there are guys who could potentially uh be along that line although they're not a ton of guys who are uh, in the prime of their career like that you know Draymond jones is 26. you're talking about uh in terms of like the guys who and in, in, in who have played the most snaps there's not a lot of guys in the in the middle of their career greg Gaines is 27 but he is just a uh, yeah. a run plugger um jerry tillery has been a, a disappointment puna ford is a guy who sean desai will know from Seattle this year uh, his numbers have declined a little bit but uh, he's got some uh, big man wiggle to him but I don't know it's interesting I just I think that the Eagles are gonna are gonna make sure that they sign a defensive a real a real caliber defensive tackle so, so what would you, know. you think if they went into next year with and, and and by the way I, I like Zach Allen um so I I uh I wouldn't be opposed to that I actually like Zach Allen more than Draymond Jones a bit I agree um but if they went in with Zach Allen, Jordan Davis, and Milton Williams, would you be okay with that? Yeah, I think you'd feel okay about that. Okay. You probably, I mean, you probably have a fourth guy who's either, a, you know, a middle round pick or a, a, another veteran or a, a Marlon Tuipolotu. But I think you'd feel okay about that. Oh, 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 sorry. I lost the, sorry. I, I, I lost the audio here. So just got to take off my my AirPods. Can you hear me? Okay, we can hear you. Okay, and you look great. <laughs> um, because we're having this conversation, I, I do need to ask you uh, because this came up in Mike Sando's mock draft today. So it's 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 not. It's a good question. It's not like totally out of left field for for us to have this conversation. If Jalen Carter falls down to number ten. And you can't, I, I get it. You can't wait to the draft to see what happens, right? You defend, your interior defensive line, you want to have a sense of it before the draft. But if if Jalen Carter falls to number 10, are you, are, you, uh, are you running in the card if you're Howie Roseman? Are you saying, well, nine teams passed on him for a reason here? We're not going in that direction? Um, or are, are you saying this is the most talented player in the draft? We have a strong locker room or... What matters is how you play on Sundays. What are you doing if you're Howie? Well, it's hard for me to answer what I would do because I have not done the uh, the investigating on, you know, what happened. Uh, I don't have like uh, you know character sources on him. But it's a, it's I it's enough in in this case it's enough for nine teams to pass on him. But knowing Howie, I wouldn't be surprised if he traded up for him. Um, and I don't. 
you know, that that's not to say that like the Eagles have um, uh, courted guys with character concerns before, but like uh, a potentially like franchise changing level talent uh, falling like that. I think he would absolutely um, be interested. What do you think? I agree. I, I agree. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think that they want to get guys who can, who can win for them on Sundays. And that's not to say, it, look, if, if there's something that's really prohibitive there, I, I get, I don't want to be belittle what occurred, right? What occurred was a very serious. Yeah. And I don't, charge. I don't know enough about yeah. it. I mean, two misdemeanors, right. Charges. But I think Howie Roseman would, uh, I think in, in in that case, that's that's a, a a risk they would take, in my opinion. I think so too. I think I think that um, I think trading up from ten, and then parachuting down from thirty is a real possibility. And I think they would use okay. next year's two to move up. Okay. As opposed to this, because then then you can count on the comp picks for yeah. next year, beefing that up. You don't take away from your little capital this year, and then you move down from 30. I think that's sort of like in, in Howie's dream, what might, what might happen. Yeah. And to get a player like Jalen Carter. Uh, all right, let's close with this one from Anthony. This is for everybody. Marissa, I'll start with you. Peckness migrate, different types of French fries, wedge fries, curly fries, waffle fries. Wedge fries are like the ones that like the thick. That yeah. Like, I mean, those guys, are, those are getting migrated for sure. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. migrate. I would nest curly fries um, and peck waffle fries. I agree with you. Now, oh, like no. a, like a straight thin, like matchstick French fry is, is to me the number one. But yeah, probably me too, but I do like a curly fry. I like a curly fry too. Yeah, I would, I would nest the, Waffle fry. I would okay, pack. We know that you're a big Chick fil A guy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm, I mean, my favorite French fry is not on the board here. I like like the hand, you know, the five guys hand cut, hand cut fries. You know what I'm saying? Five guys fries are the best. What do five guys fries look like? Five guys fries are the absolute best. Chat, are, are, are you with me here? I'm looking at you playing of the audience. Yeah, that's basically, I think, what Bowen. Uh, yeah. I was thinking like thin fries. They're not like, crispy enough. Okay. Michael always asks for his fries to be extra crispy. Mm, I, yeah, I he's a that. pro. That's a man who yeah. knows his fries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want my fries crispy. Okay. And yeah. tr- truthfully, the 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 uh the thinner the better. The more like the surface area to inside ratio you want to be as small as or I guess as high as possible. I see uh I see here. The truth saying crab fries. Oh, yeah. Sign me up for Chickies and Pete's crab fries. You're in the tank. We know that. What's that? You're in the tank for Chickies and Pete's. <laughs> I do love Chickies and Pete's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chickies and Pete's is, is an awesome place to eat. I like Chickies and Pete's and I like the crab fries, but they're not my favorite type of fries. Okay. okay. I like like a Parmesan y oh. fry. Okay. I, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Wedge fries, get out of here. Yeah. I mean, if I want mashed potatoes, I'll order mashed potatoes. <laughs> so you're going you're going with curly over waffle. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Now I wouldn't want curly fries to be the only fries I have for the rest of my life. Agreed. But but I but in terms of those three, I do I, I would rank curly fries number one. Yeah. You guys are making me okay. hungry. We should have Good lunch discussion. on here. I went out, I I had uh just straight French fries when I met Bo and our editor Josiah out for dinner. Uh That's not, right. it was like it was it was 10 o'clock. I had eaten something at 4 30 before I flew out. And I wasn't looking for a, a real heavy meal and we were at a bar. And so uh, I was trying to, you know, I, I wasn't going to order the salad there. And mm. so I, I just went with just the French fries. I don't know how I thought about that decision, but they, they were satiated. It was kind of an alpha move. <laughs> That's an alpha move. Yeah. Why not? What's sit alpha? Down with, sit down with two guys and you're just going to get my, I'm going to get myself some French fries. I just gotten off a plane. I, I mean, yeah, I was. No, I respected it. I should have gone chicken tenders. Mm. In hindsight, chicken tenders and fine. fries. You should have done both. I thought yeah, that would yeah. be a little too heavy. Yeah. Well, there's no, there's no, uh, like you don't have to eat all of it. Yeah. You eat all the fries. Like, I mean, I'm, in my household growing up, you, <laughs> you finish what you started eating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you're ordering what you want, don't, don't, you don't have to overindulge. It's hard I when it's in front of you. I appreciate I like the five guys. Yeah, um, I five guys are, are are my favorite fries. Uh, my my son's birthday. Oh, year, I, I took him to uh, um, in the uh, Nickelodeon universe uh, up at the American Dream Mall in East Rutherford, and classy they, uh, area there. <laughs> and they have uh, they have a five guys right next to us. The first time that he went to five guys and there was in and, and so we're planning out his birthday and we're already talking about we're already talking about going to five guys so oh for next person oh that's fine yeah yeah okay all right well that'll do it for this episode of birds with friends on thursday at one o'clock we've got free agent quackatology 64 pending free agents enter the arena one will emerge as the most likely player to sign with the Eagles. Who will it be? Tune in to find out. And make sure you check out Bo's uh, pieces on on the free agents ahead of time. It'll be a good primer and it's, it's good material there. And Zach's as well. So, for Marissa and Zach and Thomas, I'm Bo. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you on Thursday and, as always, we love you.